0: Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Yeah, I don't know. Did you hear that? Yeah, my my instrument um, feels a little scratchy today. I don't know why. Hmm. (laughs) no i don't have covid although that does play into what i want to talk about today anyway let's get started here now i'm just thinking about this reg this is the uh the last podcast of 2021 yeah when this posts it'll post on monday so that will when we do the next one it'll be 2022 so Okay, a little little. let's give it a little extra today, all right? This is the last one. I should go back and listen to the first one of last year and hear how good that one was, and then we can see 12 months later how we've hopefully progressed, <laughs> all right? Okay, put it down in the book here, 292. I'll give you the, uh, the three S's and the countdown. You give me the music, and I will give you the final podcast of 2021, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I like where the levels are. Leave them there. All right. Here we go. Ready? Okay, here we go. Star, smile, strong. All right. Professional podcasting, even though I don't get paid. Is it professional if you don't get paid? I don't know. (laughs) All right, here we go. Ready? Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this. <coughs> <geez. laughs> Sorry. Okay. Very professional, right? Here we go. I, I lost my breath, my instrument. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Try it again. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. What happened? Oh, well, we're off to a good start. Ready? Here we go. Three. <laughs> Okay, you did one. You you made a mistake, and I made a mistake. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. It only makes sense. As well we should be. If you do go somewhere else, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and rate it. But most importantly, get out there and sell it to your friends, to your family, to anybody that you know who listens to a podcast. Send him a link. Send him a message. Let them know that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs, too. Your loyalty and devotion, much appreciated, as always, and you never know, as we approach the final days of 2021, there's still time for some token of gratitude to arrive at your doorstep. You just never know. If you like what you hear, don't forget, go to WGNRadio.com, hit the prompt for this podcast, and you will find all 291 previous podcasts. Can you believe it? Just keep reading them and go to the bottom of that page and then hit load more, and they will keep loading and loading and loading, hopefully until all 291 are there. Tis the season to be binging. So binge on some podcasts in between the eggnog and the turkey and the ham and whatever else. Welcome to episode 292. And uh, before we got started here and we we hit the record button, I was talking to producer Reggie and and mentioning that this now, today is this one, is the final podcast of 2021. (laughs) Can you believe it? 12 months ago, we started and said, welcome to 2021, and hopefully this will be a year when we say goodbye to COVID. And here we are 12 months later, and COVID is not only uh, still around, COVID is (laughs) more present and more contagious and more spreading than ever. Wow. Wow. But this is—I don't know—has this been a fast year or a slow year for you? It's been—it's well, it depends. Every year sort of has its its moments when things go by faster and then slower. But this one seems to have gone by pretty quick. I think we've been always—I think because we've been looking ahead to when this pandemic would be over, and um, just when it looks like it it is, it comes back in full force. But uh, so we have done in I mean, I I don't I don't believe I missed any podcasts this uh, this year, every year or every week. You had a new podcast, folks. Even if I went away on vacation, I always prepared. So you were always supplied with a fresh, new spanking new right out of the oven podcast every Monday. So we did at least 52, hopefully, or I don't know. Is there an extra week? Sometimes they throw in an extra week. We didn't have a leap year this year, I don't think. So uh, I hope you enjoyed or will enjoy, as I complete this one, all 52 episodes as we gear up for 2022 and start it all over again. I wonder, yeah, you know, I'm going to have to go back and listen to, this is what this is. What I said in the opening. Go back and listen to previous podcasts. You can go and find the new one for you know, the one that was was there, you know, fifty two weeks ago. It probably will say, or or twelve months ago, uh, the first one of twenty twenty one. I'm I'm interested myself to see what I was talking about then. And now that reminds me that uh, maybe next week or the week after that, certainly we will continue the tradition that I do here on the podcast and on the radio. If I'm ever on, uh, right after the new year, I go through my my Daily Planner book and recap the year. (laughs) Always exciting. (laughs) I remember doing that last year in the 2020 book. uh, It was kind of a shortened segment there because not much went on in 2020. But uh, we did a few things in 2021 that might be worth talking about. So I'll definitely, um, before I file the 2021 Daily Planner book, the hard copy book, which I have and which I... I put things in every day and look at every day. Uh before I file that one away, I've got about at least 10 years worth of those now. And I do go back sometime to uh to reference them if I have a question about something, some place we've gone, something we've done, some anniversary or something like that. I will go back to my daily planner. That's why it's there. That's why I keep them. Of course, someday they will be uh, you know, on display in the uh elton jim museum which i'm sure you will all be uh, very excited to visit <laughs> i don't know what i'm gonna do with some of this i've got to start throwing some of my memorabilia my own personal memorabilia away because if there isn't a museum then i don't know what who's gonna do who's gonna care about this stuff <laughs> but yes i have at least 10 years worth of daily planners so it, i'm gonna before i retire this one into the files i will uh, I will review that I guess in the next couple of weeks but um, but yes and don't fret not my 2022 daily planner is is already it's it's just sitting in the drawer waiting to be used. I bought it in uh, early to mid November and uh, I filled it out for the year there's some constant dates like birthdays and anniversaries and things like that that you can always put in your daily planner no matter when those dates never change birthdays anniversaries Um, and then i put in as many events that i know that will be happening on specific dates in 2022 at this point Um, already have those in there for at least january and february and march any kind of appointments you know doctor's appointments uh whatever you know concerts if they happen now who knows if concerts in february that i am scheduled to see that have been delayed for more than two years they will have been delayed almost two years if they do happen and now there's a question if these early february and march shows will even happen i've got shows to see Elton in Elton John, uh, that as I was supposed to see in 2020, uh, to see him in February and March and April, and I don't know now, maybe those March and April ones might happen, but those February ones, I don't know, the way this uh, COVID now has been spreading so uh, rampantly, uh, and especially after the holidays, those two or three or four weeks, we usually get a spike. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. If not, I guess more postponements. We have been to several concerts uh, over the year over the, the last year. Not not that many, but a couple, and uh, and plays and things. And we we were you know we brought our Vax cards, and we I wore two masks. I'm still wearing two masks. I never I never took my mask off. Even when President Biden, I thought, irresponsibly told us in late May or early June that we can take our masks off and start hugging people and go to Fourth of July celebrations, I thought that was very irresponsible and premature, and I have never done that. I have never taken my mask off. Now, yes, I have gone to restaurants, once again, uh, with fully vaxed people, and we have been socially distanced, and we've been at the table uh, amongst ourselves, so that's been fine. But um, but no, I I have remained as diligent as possible while certainly expanding my social footprint, and yes, um, at times taking my mask off. But, but still, um, being very cautious when I am in large groups and in public. But I'm with I'm when I when I have been even indoors with friends or family who have been fully vaccinated. And even boosted now. I've been boosted for you know a month and a half or so. I got my booster shot almost a day, the the a couple of days after I was eligible for it. So, uh, but yes. So I so I I'm, 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 I haven't been um, you know depriving myself. But I, as I said early at the beginning of twenty twenty one, this I do remember. At the beginning of the year, I said this is the year that we need to adapt. We need to adapt to our new and hopefully temporary situation with COVID, but we need to adapt. We can. We need to find ways that we can, yes, do things that we'd like to do, but do them within reason, do them with, with caution. And that was my New Year's resolution. And I am proud to say that I think that I have um, followed that. Because here we are at the end of the year, and my wife and I still have not been infected with the COVID virus. Now, you could say, well, you're that's lucky, um, or I, I would say, no, I think, once again, we've been diligent and we've adapted. And yes, we have sacrificed. And that's what I would like to talk about today. You know, for... Uh, for the last six months or even more, uh, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you'll know that I have not talked about COVID in, in a full way on the podcast, dedicated a whole podcast just to COVID. Certainly a year ago in 2020, as it was developing and happening, that was going on, and I did. And, and then after a while, I I decided that I wouldn't because we were being so bombarded with COVID talk and COVID information, as well as living with it in 2020, that I felt that this podcast hopefully could act as some kind of a a safe haven, a, a little escape from the constant COVID clamor that was uh, surrounding us. And sadly, in 2021, when I think we all hoped that, especially think about it, a year ago today, a year ago right now, we were filled with Legitimate optimism that this COVID pandemic, at least, the pandemic aspect of it, would be over by now. The first vaccines were being uh, distributed and given to uh, the most vulnerable people in this country. Elderly people, uh, people with underlying um, medical conditions, people in nursing homes. The rollout started in calendar year 2020. Uh, even doctors, people in the medical industry, uh, were, were amazed and impressed that within a, within a calendar year, less than 12 months, eight or nine months, in fact, that we came up with a validated, verifiable, and successful vaccine. Most infectious disease experts were expecting a a vaccine not to be there between 12 and 18 months to be both developed and tested and then approved and then into people's arms. That process, on a regular basis, if you listen back early on in the pandemic in 2020, that process usually took from a year to 18 months and it was accelerated. There was um, impressive uh, collaboration between uh, the private sector and the government, and um, like them or not, I'm not trying to be political here, but you have to give President Trump credit for putting his Project Warp Speed in place. People made fun of the name. People made fun of or, or were questioned if it would happen this fast with the warp speed, but you must give him credit where credit is due. In fact, just the other day, President Biden, in his address to the nation about um, what he plans to do now in 2020 for COVID, uh, may have may have been difficult for him and may have been difficult for his followers uh, to accept, but he he did offer President Trump, a uh, a nod of of credit for getting this vaccine developed in record time, getting it developed and getting it approved and getting it ready to be distributed, and it was a year ago. So a year ago from now, we were. You, if you go back into the wayback machine, we were feeling fairly confident, and the the biggest question that that. um that confronted us as we went into the new year in 2021 at the time was okay we've got this vaccine now can we make enough and can we get people vaccinated fast enough so maybe we can get this done by march everybody vaccinated by march and by april or may or by june by summer especially when people are outside and it doesn't uh uh, the virus doesn't uh, spread as quickly. Hopefully, by summer, the pandemic aspect of this will be done, and we will be through with this. And that was the hope, and that was the goal. So, how disappointing is it? Twenty twenty one has turned out to be even more frustrating than twenty twenty. You know, the COVID came out of nowhere in in early twenty twenty and um, dominated our lives and, and changed our lives and sadly um, altered uh, our society in negative ways. We are more divisive. We are politically divided. We are socially divided. Uh, we are philosophically divided. Uh, this, 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 um, this virus has had uh, a, a profound influence on us, not just medically, but culturally and emotionally, and uh, it has sadly exposed our vulnerabilities in many ways. In many ways, the emperors have no clothes. We have our true selves, as much as we try to uh, to hide them, have been exposed, and we uh, we are sadly. Uh, and I keep saying sadly, because that is kind of the the tone of twenty twenty one You have to be honest about it. this is not about being negative it 's being about honest and realistic. This has been a tough year it's been a sad year it's been a uh, a troubling year uh We have not acted the way we hoped and 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 the way we should uh, We have sadly failed miserably. In in dealing with this disease, and uh, the the reasons can be debated. Uh, I'm not trying to get political here. I'm just trying to be as as objective as I can and as realistic as I can. And hopefully, um, this this honesty can inspire people. I wish more people would speak with with this kind of kind of honesty because we need to look to the new year. This is the, the reason I'm talking about this right now at this time. Just days before a new year starts is that we need to change our philosophy and our viewpoints and our motivations and our behavior and our actions. 2022 must be the year that we put covid behind us. We have to you know we have to we have to work together now we have we have spouted our political views and our and our personal views and that's fine but we we be, we must begin to realize what the realities and what the science says for those of us who have decided voluntarily not to take this vaccine this may not be easy and this isn't about patriotism this is about humanism caring about yourself caring about your loved ones and your family and friends and caring about your fellow citizens in this country and in the and on this planet we have to shed these stubborn or these misinformed stance, stands that we've taken, and we have to begin to see the reality, perhaps admit our mistakes. That's never easy. But we've got to overcome this, and the only way to overcome this is that everybody gets vaccinated and everybody wears a mask so that these numbers don't just go down, these numbers go away. We have been acting like five-year-old kids in many ways. As soon as the numbers go down, we say, okay, we don't have to wear masks anymore. Let's go crazy. Let's go nuts. Let's take our masks off and act as if the pandemic never happened. We have never been in a post-pandemic situation In the last year and a half, even though the media has been trying to push that, the president has been trying to push that, President Biden, that has never been the case. Yes, the numbers have gone down, but the numbers have to go down to almost zero. That's when we get to pat ourselves on the back and finally take your masks off for good. But when they go down a little, we, you know, we're like, we've been like a five-year-old kid who's, who's you know, uh, been home from school. You remember when you were a little kid and you, and you, you had a fever and uh, you know, your mom said, well, you can't go out and play because you've got this fever. And so then, of course, your favorite friend was the thermometer. And on an hourly or every 20-minute basis, you would ask your mom to take your temperature back then of course we didn't have the digital ones we had those those crazy thermometers with with mercury in them which is scary to think about you're putting mercury in your mouth even though I know it was encapsulated and uh, you know in, in some kind of a material but mercury was not a good overall mercury not a good thing to use with the human body so thankfully we have the uh, the digital ones today it makes taking your temperature a lot easier and a a lot easier and a lot more effective, and, and at least you could see the number. It was a pain in the butt to read those thermometers back then. But but when I was a little kid, that's the thermometer we had. You had to shake it. You had to shake the thermometer with the bad mercury in there, and then you couldn't read the little lines. And ugh. But anyway... Um, that was your that, every twenty minutes. Take my temperature, and then once, and if your temperature finally went down to normal ninety eight point six, and you said, "Okay, mom, I'm going outside. I have no 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 uh, temperature. I'm done. I'm 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 well." And your mom would be like, "No, no, no. Wait a minute. We we have to make sure that 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 this is a stable. You know." Uh, at 98 let's let's make sure you have to you know stay in a few more hours or maybe another day and you'd be oh no i want to go out i don't have a fever anymore you said when my fever goes away i can go out and your mom was like no that means you're you're getting better but we have to make sure that you're stable that it remains at 98.6 for an extended period of time and then you can be considered healthy and able to go outside That's the responsible way to do it. But, of course, as a child, as soon as you hit that 98.6, you wanted to run outside. Well, that's how we've been handling this COVID. Like spoiled five-year-old immature kids. As soon as the numbers have gone down, government leaders are trying to appease their constituents because, of course, they want to get reelected. The people are screaming, of course, uh, COVID fatigue. Oh, the numbers are down. That means I can take my mask off. No. the Numbers are down. I've said this many times over the last year and a half. When the numbers go down, even even impressively, your reward is a slap on the back to say, good job, keep up the good work. And when they get down to near zero or 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 negligible numbers, then you can really say, okay, all clear. We have never been... Even close to an all clear, even though our governmental leaders from the president on down have declared almost all clears, we haven't been. If you talk to the doctors and the experts, the infectious disease experts, we've never been close to an all clear. If they really want to be honest, but the pressure that we've put on ourselves and our government leaders and everyone else to, to take these masks off and get back to normal has just been overwhelming and it has been irresponsible. In 2022, can we act responsible? Last year, I hoped that we could adapt to what we w- was in front of us to find ways to live our lives and still be diligent. That's what I did. I don't know if a lot of people have done that but that's that was my goal and now my hope is that we act responsibly this year that we we cut down we 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 tear down these walls of philosophical and political division and and misinformation and we deal with this in a realistic responsible way to Recognize and accept the realities of how this virus is infecting people and who it's infecting, mostly at this point, the unvaccinated. The unvaccinated are allowing this to be elongated. The unvaccinated are allowing the variants to continue to be created. The longer this virus remains viable, the more it will be able to mutate and into a new variant to stay alive. You have to understand the virus's only purpose in its existence is to replicate and infect. That's all it worries about. It doesn't care that you, are, that you have fatigue It doesn't care that you have a holiday coming up. It doesn't care that you have a vacation planned. It doesn't care that it's your birthday. It doesn't care that you're fed up and you've said, haven't we had enough? It doesn't care. So let's finally tear down and get rid of all this misinformation and this stubbornness and just... Admit our mistakes if you've been in that anti-vax world. It would seem to me that the evidence is overwhelming. This isn't about patriotism. This isn't about you being stupid. This isn't about name-calling. This isn't about pointing fingers. I understand that some people may have been hesitant to put anything in their bodies that they weren't sure of. I just recently had a a a, a medical procedure, a test. Nothing serious, but it was in it, it was invasive. It wasn't just a blood sample, it wasn't just a blood test, it wasn't just an IV. And I was concerned. The doctor made it sound like it was nothing and I you know and she referred me to to the person that would be doing the the test and um and she was ready to to schedule me for the test, and I said, "Well, wait a minute. You know, this is, you know, I have to be put in in, in a mild twilight anesthesia, and there, it, and, and there's this is intrusive. So I'd like to talk to the doctor who's going to pre- perform this, and I'd like to find out everything that's going to happen. I'm not saying I'm not going to do it, but I want to be informed so that I know what to expect, and then I can make an informed decision whether I want to take this test or not. And I ultimately did sit down with the doctor. He explained what he was going to do. He explained the risks. He explained the benefits. He explained the procedure. He explained the the difficulties of it as well as uh, the simplicity of it. And after I had all that information, I made my decision. So when I went to... Have the um the test done the procedure done, I felt very confident and I'm very happy to say that it it went very well it went it was painless there were no complications during it there was no complications after I'm awaiting the results but uh i'm glad I did it because hopefully it will help in um in in helping, and, and and it's no big secret. I mean, I, I've been taking blood pressure medication for a while, and they think they might be finding a reason as to why I have high blood pressure. So, if I can help cut down uh, on my blood pressure and have to take blood pressure pills anymore, this is certainly a uh, avenue that I would like to explore. So, I'm glad that I uh, I took this test, but when it was first introduced to me. I was a little skeptical. I, I certainly was a little afraid. I was reading about it online. Of course we all go online and, you know, self diagnose now. And it sounded like, whoa, what they're gonna do what? And they have to do what? And they have to do what? I was like, wow, wait a minute, Doc. Do, do, you know, this sounds this, this test sounds more complicated than my problem. <laughs> but ultimately, it wasn't. Because here's the other side of the coin. For people that have been skeptical about the vaccine for whatever reason, don't lose sight of the fact that the medical community is here to help us. It's help to. It's here to 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 heal us. It's not here to hurt us. So I I'm not sure where the the, the skepticism. And the indictment against the medical community comes from us. We go to doctors every day to help us stay alive. Don't you go to a doctor? Don't you take prescription drugs? I'm not sure why this vaccine has been the one thing that people, for whatever reason, now need all this validation and substantial data to make a a decision. If you go to the doctor and they give you, have to give you a shot of penicillin. Do you question how the penicillin was created, where it was created, and the testing that went on? When the doctor uh, prescribes you a pill, whether it's a painkiller or an antibiotic, do you say, "Wait, before you prescribe this antibiotic to get rid of this infection that I have, um, what were the?" data groups and how many people were tested and what were the, no, you say, oh, I have to go to the pharmacy to get this, this antibiotic to get rid of this infection or this cold or whatever I have. I don't understand why the COVID vaccine has been so uh, different that, that all of a sudden all this evidence needs to be in and we need to know the data. We need to know how it was tested and all. Where did that come from? I implore you. (laughs) The evidence is overwhelming. People are not dying from the vaccine. They're dying from not getting the vaccine right now. They are suffering and getting infected by not getting the vaccine. We've all seen and heard the data. Talk to anybody who works in a a hospital. 98% of the people right now who are in hospitals, who are in ICUs, who are on ventilators, who are COVID patients in hospitals, 95 to 98% of them are unvaccinated. I've talked on this podcast in the past how from a communication standpoint and being somebody that's been in the communication business their entire careers, how... Uh, Overall, throughout the world, this has been the worst handled communication campaign in the history of the human race. (laughs) How's that for for a statement? This has been botched so many ways, mixed information, misinformation. It's been botched terribly. Part of that, too, has also been our own demands that we we don't want to wait for information we are impatient we don't understand that the scientific method and the medical process takes time we don't want to wait so the sad part is that the medical community has also always been saying justifiably we don't know yet they need time to do tests. They need time to gather data. They need time to analyze the data. And they need time to then come up with a conclusion or a hypothesis based on the the, the testing and the data and the analysis. And that takes time. But once again, we are a narcissistic and self-centered society and that's been proven that's that's not even up for debate anymore i mean before i used to say that all the time and people look at me like wow are you a debbie downer and you are really down on everything well no i'm not i was i said before i've just been realistic if, if covid has done anything it is has, it is has, has certainly proven that we ha- we are a uh, a very self-centered uh and narcissistic society that uh needs things our own way if it doesn't go our way then we sulk I don't think that's debatable. That's what COVID at least has shown to me. It's validated to me because we wouldn't be in this situation a year ago from now, a year ago, a year ago from this week, as the vaccines were rolling out and beginning, and as I said before, there was great optimism for 2021 that, that we would get past this, this pandemic. I, I, I. I don't think anyone, especially anyone in the medical community, the people that that worked on and developed this vaccine and the and the infectious disease experts, anybody in the public health uh industry, I don't think anybody thought that the biggest obstacle to the vaccine and the the biggest obstacle to getting past COVID in 2021 would be People not taking the vaccine. I don't think people that that professional, the medical professionals, even thought that was anything to consider. The biggest obstacle was we've got in this country and in this world, right? I mean, but if let's just take the United States, the biggest obstacle I would think a year ago, when this vaccine was first um, available and developed, the biggest obstacle from our standpoint was how are we going to get. 330 million people vaccinated as quick as we can, because the quicker everybody gets vaccinated, the quicker we provide a new level of protection against the virus, the quicker that we provide a lessening of the symptoms and a lessening of severe cases and hospitalizations, and the quicker we get those numbers down to nothing where we can take our masks off and get back to some semblance of normalcy. That was the biggest obstacle and goal. How do we get, how do we make these, how do we, uh, do, can we make 330 million, 330 million doses in the next three months? And can we get them to everyone who needs them within the next three to four months? That was the goal. That was the biggest obstacle. That was the biggest challenge we had. And the irony is that we overcame that. We overcame that obstacle with flying colors. We have so much vaccine we don't even know what to do with. We're sending it around the world. Sadly we're destroying some of it because it's 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 not being used. It's sitting on shelves. It's sitting at places. The biggest challenge and obstacle that we had a year ago of distributing it and getting it to everyone, we overcame relatively simply and relatively easily. We had the capabilities. We should have and could have achieved our goal. 2021 could have been the year that we said goodbye to COVID. But through our own selfishness, our own ignorance, our own denial, our own unfounded hesitancy against this vaccine that's only here to help, people voluntarily decided not to take the vaccine. I don't think any public health official at any level ever thought that that was going to be the biggest obstacle. Why wouldn't people want to take the vaccine? Why wouldn't you want to take something that would help you? But here we are. And in 2021, at the end of the year, we're still there. This country, the biggest country, the most apparently the most educated, the most sophisticated, the biggest uh, economic engine, the most influential, the most militarily strong, the the country that the world looks to to lead. 61% of our population has been vaccinated. About 40% have not. We are toward the bottom of countries in terms of the percentage of vaccinations. 40% of the people in this country have decided not to get a vaccine, not to get a shot. That that, that, that is that is mind-blowing. I, I'm, that, that has got to be the biggest perplexing issue that anyone in the medical community has in front of them. How could people have voluntarily decided not to take this vaccine, which is only there to help them. This is not about we can't get the vaccine into certain areas or states or neighborhoods or communities of underprivileged or poverty-stricken. That was always a concern. That was overcome. In fact, we bent backwards and we sent the the, um, the vaccines directly to those areas first to make sure that those people... Who may be vulnerable? Who may not have access? Had access? We did all those things. All the, the the obstacles that were ahead of us, from the beginning of this to develop the vaccine and then to to uh, to to manufacture it and then to distribute it and get it out to people. That was the the biggest obstacle, and we overcame it like we do so many things when we put our minds to it. It's the people, us, as a collective, as a, co- as a country, who have stalled this. We have elongated this pandemic. We are the reason that it is still a problem. And right now, as I speak to you, it is worse than ever. Since March of 2020, we have not, as we stand here in December of 2021, we have gone back five steps. For every one step we've taken ahead, we've taken five back. We are in the worst shape ever. After so many months, after more than a year and a half, you would think that we would be on our way. We are not. We are at, we are at, we are at, at level one. We have some of the highest infection rates, we have the highest hospitalization rates. We are losing a thousand people a day. A thousand people a day are dying. Do you know what that means? That's not just a number. There's three hundred and sixty five days in a year. That means three hundred and sixty five thousand people a year are dying from this. That's not acceptable. That's not just a that's not just a flu. That's a major American city. That's the population of a major American city that suddenly that enti- that's like saying I don't know, I'm just using this as an example. I don't know what the the population is, but let's just say Cincinnati. I don't know if it's 300 it may be a million. I don't know what's but I'm just going to use it as a as a city. That's like saying Cincinnati is gone. Isn't that isn't that scary? In the, in, in the Chicago area, for instance, that's like saying, okay, Rockford, Naperville, and Aurora are all gone. We've had more than 400,000 people die this year, and we had 250 people die last year. We have over, almost more than 800,000 people die this year, or totally now. 400, oh, more, more than 440, I think it's 460,000 people this year. Why is that acceptable? We should not be accepting this. I hate to say it, but in 2021, we have an F. We have failed. We need to accept that, recognize that, and say, how do we do better? Let's get serious. Let's get responsible. You know... This anti vax uh, movement, sadly, and how many times have I said sadly so far? But that's the only word I could think of. Unfortunately, this anti vax movement is not new. It's not unique to just COVID in terms of people being anti vax. Sadly, this has been going on for about 20 years now when all of a sudden there was a uh, this movement that thanks to the internet, which allows people to find like-minded people like themselves, even if their fears or their views are irrational, they find like-minded people and they get emboldened and suddenly they walk around with, whoa, what are you talking about? That's the way it is. That's been the internet's, Greatest and most devastating negative impact. It has it has validated misinformation. It has validated superstitions. It has validated um, irrational, unfounded viewpoints, and anti-vaxing is one of those. It really started. And gained some major traction about 20 years ago, if you recall, when actress, in quotes, Jenny McCarthy went on television, and and um, Oprah Winfrey gave her a a, a a very influential forum on her show to say that Jenny McCarthy said her 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 child's autism was caused by getting vaccinations. And so shame on Oprah for giving Jenny McCarthy who is far from a medical expert a forum to even spread this this silly theory that sadly then gained traction. And with the use of social media and, and, and the internet, did you hear what Jenny McCarthy said on Oprah? Look, I know people look at Oprah like she's the oracle, but the Oprah Winfrey show, I don't, I'm not saying this about Oprah personally, but the Oprah Winfrey show has done some major damage to this country over the last 30 or 40 years. And that's not an exaggeration, and I can go into specifics. There were a lot of philosophies and viewpoints that Oprah started and and used on, on and, and promoted on her show that now thirty or forty years later have come to fruition and have negatively influenced our our society. You cannot underestimate, I give Oprah credit for one thing. That show was immensely influential. If you're too young to remember it, Oprah's show. May have might may, may be the most influential show in television history, and I don't, and I don't say that with pride, because I'm not happy with some of the 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 philosophies and the things that Oprah put on that show. I'm not sure how well thought out she was, and how well thought out she was as to the impact. But if we look at our self centeredness and our entitlement, and we look at a generation that. Uh, expects everything to change and be according to them, it's because Oprah was one of the main purveyors of child-rearing about you have to give your child self-esteem and constantly encourage them and constantly tell them how great they are. And so here we are 30 years later with a generation that does exactly that. They think they know everything. They think that, they're, that, the, that history should change based on their lifetime and their experience, which is very little. That could be traced back to Oprah. Yes, it can. Go back and watch the reruns from the early 80s, in the mid-80s, when she started in the early 90s. And you will see that was her mantra. And here we are with a generation that is looking at the future and looking at the present and wanting to tear down everything in society if it doesn't meet up to their expectations because it affects their lives. We have to change society now if something triggers somebody. Society has to change in order that the individual... Isn't triggered. I can't sell you, uh, uh you know, a, a fast food hamburger because you have an eating problem and uh, you will get overweight. So it's the company's fault that they're selling uh, a hamburger to you. It's not your fault that you can just drive past the hamburger place and not eat it. They're, them doing a commercial for their hamburger is triggering you and you want to get rid of that. That's the kind of world we're in right now. I don't want to get on on an Oprah rant here, but, but, but Oprah started, let's not, okay, I won't, I won't go as far as say she started, but she gave credence. She gave at the very least a forum for this anti-vaccination myth to get out there. 20 years ago, and it's been proven false by every medical study and every medical thing, and people still adhere to it, and now it has become fatal because that anti-vax movement that was around and has been steadily sitting there was exploited now by those for political reasons or whatever and now has affected people's minds and information and philosophies and viewpoints on taking a, vir- a vaccine that is only here to help them to help their family and to help the globe to help everyone else that's what this is about this isn't political this isn't anti-patriotism Take all of those isms out of this. This is just being aware and respectful of yourself and your family and the people around you that live on this planet. The evidence is overwhelming. Just take the shot. Just wear a mask. You know what I find interesting is that um, there are so many slogans now. You know, of course, with with social media uh, and protests, it's all about slogans, right? You got to have something you could put on a on a cardboard sign. And so much of this anti-vax vaccine hesitancy is is guided by slogans, by old adages, by in many ways either fears or superstitions or old wives tales things that have been that have been denounced and debunked for for centuries in some cases some people still live by these old adages and these old wives tales they hold nothing in terms of logic or in terms of truth but we've heard them they've always been around and they're easy to say they're easy to remember and we spew them and for some people they become their lives philosophies and they're not founded in anything but folly or or ignorance of lack of knowledge from 150 or 2000 years ago and we're still spouting them now what i find interesting is that in this anti-vax world one of the slogans that has been Accepted and put forth is my body, my choice. That's been a major anti-vax slogan. Now, the irony of that is, is that many people in the anti-vax world are also anti-abortion. And yet, the slogan for people who are in favor of abortions who are in favor of a woman deciding what happens to her body as opposed to the government deciding it. The pro-abortion people have been using the my body, my choice slogan for 50 years. So the irony is the anti-vaxxers, who in many cases are also anti-abortion are using the same slogan that their, I would assume their enemies have taken. Where's the logic in that? But that's beside the point. I just thought I'd point that out. But if we're into slogans, and if slogans are ruling your thought process here, then how's this one for 2022? I'm going to put forth this slogan. If you say my body, my choice, my answer to you as we look forward to 2022, as we look forward to hopefully acting responsibly and and putting COVID behind us, my slogan, my old wives' tale, my old adage that I then will put forth if we're going to if we're going to deal on just that level if we're going to we're not going to look at at statistics we're not going to look at in uh, at validated information we're not going to look at uh, at at where the science is leading us fine okay let's throw all of that out and let's deal on a very person to person uh relatable understandable issue cuz let's be honest even all you know i i certainly try to keep up on things and but you know i'm i'm no medical expert i'm i'm listening to what experts are saying i do rely on and respect experts whether it's calling a plumber to fix a leak whether it's calling an electrician to fix a uh, uh, you know uh, uh, a, a an electrical problem i do rely on the experts they have dedicated their lives and their time to learning about something much more than I have, and I, and I put my faith in their expertise. And when it comes to the, the medical profession, I do the same thing. So, But let's get rid of all the gobbledygook. Let's get rid of all the statistics and all the, 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 the medical data. That's too hard to understand if you're just a normal person. Okay, that's fine. I, I can't get it, I can't get my arms around it, I'm, I'm inundated, okay, fine. Let's talk on real, person-to-person, understandable, relatable terms. If you say to me, my body, my choice, I say, fine, I get that, I respect that, but let me offer this to you then. If we're going to talk in, in slogans and adages that we can all understand, that we've all heard a million times, and in many cases we all live by, then let me offer this in context to getting the vaccination, to wearing the mask, and to moving toward a real, committed solution and effort to put COVID behind us in 2022. My slogan is, one that you've heard a million times and may say several times a day and may live your life by, My answer to you in terms of the vaccination especially and wearing a mask better safe than sorry better safe than sorry take the shot wear the mask better safe than sorry because sorry will get can get you in the hospital Sorry can kill you. I've taken two shots and a booster. I haven't gotten COVID and I haven't died. The vaccine is not killing people. I took those two shots, those three shots to be better safe than sorry. Do I know how many focus groups the vaccine went through? Do I know how many, what, what, how the antibodies that were? I don't know any of it. We have a social contract. There is a, there is a, there's a certain point where you have to go and, and have faith and trust. When we get on an airplane, we trust that the pilot knows how to fly that plane. I don't know what he got on his tests. I don't know what he got on, maybe he did really good on takeoffs, but he was last in his class on landings. I don't know that. But I have faith in the system that the pilots have gone through rigorous training, that they have been vetted, that they have been licensed, and that they are capable of of flying this plane in a safe manner. That is the social contract that I accept when I get on a plane. When the plumber comes to my house or the electrician comes to my house, I don't ask to see his credentials. I'm assuming that he has an electrical license, that he knows what he's doing. So it's the same way here. If, all the the vetting and the the approval processes that we've had in mind for all of our medications, pills, vaccinations, chemotherapy—you name it, whatever—all all the the different um, uh, you know implements that are used in a surgery, all that stuff goes through an approval process. There comes a point where we have to put a certain amount of trust that these things have been done correctly by the professionals who oversee it and that if we put it in our bodies or we agree to this, that it is safe. That's the social contract that we, that we enter into. And that's the social contract that, that, that should be entered into with the COVID vaccine. And as I said before, it's gone through all that. And we've seen now for over a year that the vaccine is not killing people. How much more evidence do you need? If you've been vaccinated, what I said, I talked before about the bad, the, the misinformation, the, the miscommunication that we've had on this. People have heard what they want to hear. This vaccine is working. The vaccine never was sold as or, or presented as a 100% preventive against COVID. It wasn't a cure, and it wasn't purported to stop you getting COVID. What it was done, what it, what it is, is a much stronger line of prevention internally don't forget before the vaccine the only line of prevention the only line of uh, that we had against this was to keep it away from us to wear a mask and to stay away from other people it was just a physical barrier that could be easily compromised and we saw and that's why it spread but now the vaccine is something that is giving our bodies where this, th- where this infection is attacking, it's giving our bodies the necessary tools to fight it. It can't defeat it, but it can fight it. It can, it can either hold it off, and if it can't hold it off based on our own body chemistry, and everybody's body's different, we've seen how everybody um, reacts different to COVID, But the goal of the vaccine was to provide us with a substantial line of defense, a medical line of defense against this disease for the first time. And its goal was to, if it could, and our bodies could, with the help of this vaccine, completely defeat it and keep it out and keep its effects away, that's great. But if it didn't, at the very least, what it would do was lessen the symptoms lessen the impact so that the that our symptoms would be mild as opposed to severe and if they weren't severe that means that we wouldn't need to go to the hospital and potentially die the vaccine is keeping those promises it's offering us that line of defense It is giving us a chance to fight off the the virus. And if we can't fight it off, at the very least, we are getting lesser symptoms. And those who have been vaccinated are not going to the hospital. As I said before, the people that are right now going to hospitals that are taxing our hospital systems are all the people that have been unvaccinated. The people that are vaccinated, yes, there have been breakthrough cases, but they're not going to the hospital. They're not getting severe um, reactions the vaccine is working it is doing exactly if you say well geez I got COVID I got this Omicron and I goes double vac so it's not working no it's working there were no there were no claims made you couldn't get COVID but let me ask you this you got it yes what symptoms did you have? Oh, it wasn't bad at all. It was like the flu. I had a fever for a couple of days. Maybe my throat scratched and it was gone. That means the vaccine worked. You had mild symptoms. You didn't have to go to the hospital and you didn't die. The vaccine worked. For the people without the vaccine, they're the ones who are having serious reactions and are going to the hospital. I feel so sorry. I feel so much empathy for anybody who works in public health, for doctors, for nurses, for people, for first responders, anybody who is dealing with this. Uh, the, our worst nightmare is coming true right now. All the things that we said back in March 2020 about taxing our medical system, taxing our hospitals, taxing our ICUs, um having our our, our medical um the, uh, you know, our medical uh, uh, access cut out not because uh, you, people with, with other diseases, with, with heart attacks, with cancer, with other things, are not getting, um, are not being able to be treated because the, the hospital's overrun. That was our biggest concern a year and a half ago. And now it's happening. All of our worst fears are coming true because people have voluntarily decided not to take this vaccine. as i look to 2022 i implore people let's work together finally this what whatever we're doing now is not working can we agree on that can we agree on that in 2022 let's be responsible for ourselves for our loved ones and for our, because I, you know what? I have some, I have some COVID um, fatigue. It's anti-vax fatigue. I'm getting tired of seeing these statistics. I'm getting tired of this still being around. Basically because there's a large majority, there's a large contingent of people who won't get this vaccine. They'll take the test. Why do, you, why do you trust the medical test? I mean, you, you, it has to be either all or nothing. If you don't trust the medical community, then, then you're a hypocrite if you go to get the test. Then don't get the test. If you're running to get a test over for the holidays, but you don't run to get the vaccine, that makes no sense. The medical community developed the test the same medical community who developed the vaccine. So if you want to take the test, but not the vaccine, that makes no sense. You either say, I don't trust the medical community at all. And so I'm not taking a COVID test. I'm not getting a vaccine. And if you have an infection on your foot or a cut, or you better not go see a doctor either. Because they're going to have to give you a shot of penicillin or antibiotic. You shouldn't trust that either. Do you see the incongruity there? I have anti, anti, anti-vax anti fatigue. I'm getting tired of trying to get my arms around this illogical thinking and this hypocrisy. So let's get past it. take the shot it's you're not being unpatriotic you're not you're not admitting to anything wrong you're helping yourself you're helping your family and you're helping other people you're being a part of this world you're not being an island this has been all very predictable Look at what's happening with, 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 with the sports. Seasons are being suspended. Teams are being decimated. You say, and I, I talked about this. I'm not happy to say I told you so, and I'm not putting myself up as some kind of, oh, well, look at you, Mr. No, no. I've just been realistic through this. I know how people act. I, told, I, I said on this podcast a year and a half ago, it's crazy to have sports. People say, "Well, we need baseball." Oh, we have to. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, what's happened here? The hockey has has uh, suspended their season. They're now not going to go to the Olympics in February. Basketball: have uh, over a hundred people, uh, players uh, infected. Football teams are are postponing games. Uh, why? Because we've been under this delusion that that. Either the vaccine is completely 100% gives us 100% immunity, which has never been the case. And nobody's ever said that. And we've let our guard down. Why were they able to have hockey seasons and basketball seasons and football seasons last year that, that went on mostly. Okay. You know why? Because they followed very strict guidelines last year. The players were all quarantined. They were in bubbles. They didn't socialize. They stayed in hotels. They stayed amongst themselves. And, and the main thing, too, was there were no spectators. Do you watch any kind of, of game, football game, especially college games? Have you watched any in the last several months? There's not one mask in the crowd. The players are hugging. They're, I mean, I said this. Well, you know, when, what, what happens in hockey when they score a goal? They all hug each other. That little huddle when the hockey players score a goal and they all hug each other, that's a super spreader event right there. So if the score is 10 to 10 in a hockey game, you had 20 super spreader events. I'm no genius. I'm not happy to say I told you so. I'm as frustrated. I've had my life altered by this. That's why I'm so impassioned to say, can we get this? Can we act responsibly in 2022 and get this over with? Because I'm getting tired of it just like everyone else. And I'm getting anti vax fatigue because I don't know why we have to continue to indulge this as opposed to say, no, let's just get past it. Take the shot. Wear the mask, let's get the numbers down, and let's make a pandemic, an endemic, and then deal with it then. That's the goal for 2022. But let's act responsible. Let's care about each other. We can't deny this anymore. This, this instant gratification, this instant reward, that's not, it's not working. We can't keep taking one step up and five steps back. Shame on us. No, and not just this country, the whole world. The whole world has, there's been, not been one government, one leader, or one country that has handled this pandemic successfully. Not one. Early on, last year, people were looking to Australia and New Zealand and said, oh, look at how great they're doing it. They don't have, they have one case. Oh, yeah. And did you see what happened in the summer? They had an outbreak and there were riots in the streets. We have other countries continually spiking all the time. London, England, constantly spiking. Here in the United States, once again, this is not political. I'm being objective. I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not a Trump basher. I'm not a Biden supporter. I'm not a Biden basher. I'm being objective here. Both of those presidents failed. Donald Trump politicized. He downplayed COVID initially. He politicized it. He wouldn't wear a mask. And he helped those who were either afraid to get a shot or didn't or or or, or were didn't believe in COVID. He gave them some some cover, some validation for their misinformation and their wrong Viewpoints. But I will go and say the same thing about President Biden. I think President Biden has been just as ineffective. And actually, I would argue that he may have even been more detrimental to the situation than either Donald Trump. And I'll tell you why. Because in March or in May or in June, when he said, take your mask off and go hug someone at your Fourth of July party, that was irresponsible. Because that gave people now a presidential reason to let their guard down, to act and start talking about a post-pandemic world and pretend that this was over with. And by letting our guard down and opening things up much sooner than they should have, we've allowed, we have allowed the virus to mutate again. When President Biden said, take your masks off and hug everybody, I didn't. I've been wearing two masks and continue to wear two masks. That was, Im- that was irresponsible. So yes, did, did President Trump handle this wrong? Yes. Did he do something good? Yes, he, he helped get the vaccine developed. Did President Biden do something good? Yes, he has been distributing this thing everywhere and getting it. it it's, it's available for people, so I give Biden credit for that. But has he also mishandled it just like Trump did? Yes. By making a silly and and pandering and irresponsible declaration that the pandemic was over and you could take your mask off and you could hug someone. So neither Trump nor Biden have been able to put their arms around this, and no one around the world, no leader around the world, no Angela Merkel in Merkel in Germany or Boris uh, Johnson in London, nobody. We've seen outbreaks in Israel. Every, Israel was getting was 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 getting uh, high uh, marks, and then boom, it hits there. It's it's a difficult problem, and it's compounded by our own selfishness, and our own impatience. That's what I said in March of 2020 when it first started. Please resist temptation and please have patience because I know how people are. We are an instant gratification society, and we don't have patience, and we don't like to be inconvenienced. And as I said before, COVID can give two craps about that, and it's proving it. So as I stand here today, 2021 was a pretty tough year. And the beginning of 2020, 2022 doesn't look that much better if we continue with this same way of dealing with it. We all make mistakes. Yes, that's human. The key is to learn from your mistakes to make sure that they don't get repeated. So let's... Look at 2022 as what it is. It's a clean slate now to some extent. Let's examine what we've done up to this point. Decide whether it's been successful or not. And if it hasn't, which undoubtedly it hasn't, my grade for us in handling COVID, F, then that means we need to change course. That means Whatever we have thought about up to this point about COVID and the way we've acted has been wrong. So we've got to change our strategy. So I implore those who are still hesitant, think about yourself, think about your family, and think about everyone else. Live by the adage... Better safe than sorry. Please get vaccinated. Please wear your mask. Please let's all work together and make 2022 the year we put COVID behind us. Let's get back to normal instead of, in 2025, still talking about this. Better safe than sorry. I'll talk to you in 2022. And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Don't forget, every Monday a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, spread the word, send them a link, send them a message that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 292. I'm Jim Torano. I am here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic from the end of the web to your screen.